0: Let us pray. Oh God, God, show us what it means to focus on following you and to being your people. May the power of your spirit stir among us today. Amen. Do you ever get so busy or distracted that you lose your focus. It happens to me, oh, several times a day. I'll um, need to go by Kroger on the way home, so I think about it about lunchtime and then I think, well it's not much, so I won't write it down and I'll get going. And then I'll go by Kroger on the way home and inevitably, I end up not getting nearly the things that I should have gotten because my focus has gotten all out of sort. And so I end up the next day going back to Kroger, this time writing it down. So I'll make sure I get it. Is that, is that just me? Is that no, no. Um, Example, uh, Thursday, when I came up here to work in the morning, um, I knew that I was supposed to go see somebody and help them out, maybe do something that afternoon. And I remembered it. And then I got to working, actually working on this, and the next morning when I was walking my dogs, that's when I remembered that I was supposed to go to those people's house. My my focus got all out of whack. The word focus means directed attention, a state that permits clear perception or understanding. Do you ever get so distracted that your attention gets misdirected? Or maybe things are happening and your understanding gets askew. Scouts, we're glad you're here today. I was looking again at the the scout law that y'all seek to follow. And it says this, a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Oh, that's all. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. That's a lot of stuff that you try to do. Do you ever get so busy, distracted, doing something else that you kind of forget some of this? Like maybe, you know, let's say, um, kind, here's one. Let's say you somebody's really gotten you mad, and you lose your focus of the being kind, and you want to go... You know, speaking of busy, Jesus was very busy. The four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Of the four gospels, Mark is the very shortest one, but it's also the one that has Jesus going around here, there, and everywhere. There's not a lot of teaching stuff in in Mark, but there's a lot of activity, a lot of action, a lot of events going on. A lot of times uh, Mark uses the word immediately, or as soon as something happens, it goes to something else. That happens all throughout. Like right before this story today, uh, Jesus is in a, a small town called Capernaum. Capernaum is a fishing village on the Sea of Galilee. He's gone into the synagogue to teach, and while he's in the synagogue teaching, it says that the people are astounded by his teaching. And then there's a man in there with an unclean spirit, whatever that means, and Jesus cures him. And now the people are really astounded, and it says at the very end of that story that that his fame was spreading all around. And right after that, we get to this story. As soon as they left the synagogue, so he's bouncing around, he goes to this house. It's the house of two of his followers, Simon and Andrew, and Simon's also called Peter. Goes to this house. There's a mother-in-law there. Mother-in-law has a fever. He cures them. It seems like that was kind of a calm town. But then, it says that that evening, everybody who was sick or possessed with demons, they all come to this house. The whole city was gathered outside, the, the story says. Then it says that he cured lots of them. He cast out lots of demons. It says he wouldn't permit the demons to speak. He was very busy. But then, did you notice in the reading when Matthew was reading along? In the dark of the next morning, he went out to a deserted place and he prayed. Now, we don't know how long he did that. Because pretty soon, his disciples come and say, Jesus, man, we've been hunting for you. Everybody is looking for you. Not everybody had gotten healed, and they probably, the ones that had been healed, went and told their friends, and those friends came, so people are piling up to see Jesus. And then Jesus says, we're not going to go back to Capernaum, we're going to go to neighboring towns now, so that we might proclaim the message there. And it says that he goes and proclaims the message in different towns throughout Galilee. Now, I don't know about you, but one question I had was, why did Jesus abandon all these other people in Capernaum? It said that Jesus had healed many of them, but he hadn't healed all of them. And it said that he casted out many demons, but it doesn't say that he cast out all the demons. And then, of course, there were other people wanting to see him. And did he just not care about them anymore? I think something happened when he went off to pray. And here's something that I read this week. I'm I'm going to throw it out to you, and I add a little bit to it, too. See what you think. You know, this wasn't the first time that Jesus had been out in the wilderness. Early in Mark's gospel, like just a few verses before, after Jesus was baptized, it said the Spirit drove him out into the wilderness. The same word is used here as deserted place. Drove him out in the wilderness and perhaps you know the story that Jesus was tempted by Satan for 40 days. And in that temptation story, Jesus was tempted to be a certain kind of son of God. One that would be a miracle worker, turning stones to bread. Somebody that would ooh and awe ah and come running to, like by jumping off the top of the temple. Jesus was being tempted to be famous. And in this story today, Jesus is facing that same temptation. Because his fame was spreading all around and people were beating down the doors to come and see him. When Jesus left there, he said, no, we're going to go to other places to proclaim the message. Because that's what I've come to do. See, in part of this story that we read, it said that he wouldn't allow the demons to speak because the demons knew who he was. The demons knew that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah, but he told them not to say that. And I think it was because the people would have clamored that here comes our king. Here comes the one that's going to save us from the hated Romans, who's going to straighten out the religious leadership and make things good again. Jesus is going to wipe out the bad guys and bring in the good guys, and along the way, he's going to heal all of us and make us all good. Why were they looking to Jesus? Because he was some kind of a miracle worker, or some kind of military king. And Jesus knew that that's not the kind of king he was called to be. And so even though he loved all those ones that he didn't even heal, he went to neighboring towns and it said that he proclaimed a message. And I think the message is the very words that Jesus used Earlier, when he started his ministry, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, my folks, but I want to share it again here with y'all. Jesus said, what did he say? I wrote it down. Sorry, I'm having a moment. My focus has gone away. Here it is. When Jesus said, and this is how he starts his ministry, these are the very first words he says, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. Here's how I unpack that. The time is fulfilled. The time, this this Greek word for time is not chronos. Chronos is chronology like, you know, today is Sunday and it's about 1130 on Sunday. That's chronos time. Kairos time is a different kind of time. It's Is the right time. It's the right now time. Now is the time, Jesus is saying. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not just some place off where we go after we die. The kingdom of God has been made real right here and now. And Jesus is bringing that about. It's what we pray every Sunday in the Lord's Prayer. Not thy will be done. Wait a minute. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is saying, it's coming about now. Repent. Now, I grew up being told and and learning that repent means to quit doing bad things and start doing good things. And there's some element of truth in that, but really the word repent means to have our mind be opened to the brand new, which is God. We really don't know what the bad and the good is outside of how God shows us what is the bad and the good. And that's what we're being called to repent, to change, to be open to God's new and believe the good news. Trust the good news. And here's the good news. The good news is that God loves all of us, period. Jesus came to proclaim Right now, the kingdom is at hand. Be open to trusting that God loves all of us, period. And then Jesus went out to proclaim that once again. And that included healing. That included teaching. That included casting out demons. But that was just a glimpse to offer of what God's full kingdom is all about. In other words, Jesus renewed his Focus. But now I want to shift gears a minute and tell and go back to one of the smaller parts of this story today because really there were some really cool healings in this story. You know, casting out demons and, and all this kind of stuff. Lots of healings going on. But you know, Jesus heals these folks, casts out these demons, and then we don't read what happens after that. We, we, we read that Jesus freed these people from this stuff, but then we never read how they respond. God, Jesus frees them from this, but what's He free them to do? What do they do in response? Except for there's one example, and it's really not a big one. It's a fever. And we don't even know the lady's name, we just know that it's the mother-in-law of Simon and Andrew, and she has a fever, (coughs) and she's in bed. Now, Let's think back to how things were in that day in the household. In the household of that day, you didn't just have mom and dad and the kids. It was an extended household. You would have aunts and uncles, grandparents. Here you had a mother-in-law. And in that day, the role of the women, especially, was to prepare a house for people to be welcomed. In other words, the they were to practice hospitality. And hospitality was a huge thing in that day because if strangers came to town there wasn't a Holiday Inn to go to, there wasn't a McDonald's to go out to eat with. They had to rely on the people in the town. So a huge role, especially for the women, was to practice hospitality. This woman though couldn't do that because she had a fever. Now I think this story is important because of two words that come after that it says that, that Jesus Jesus went to her and took her by the hand and lifted her up the word lifted her up can also be translated raised her up that word is used several other times when Jesus heals someone and raises them up and that same word is used at the very end of Mark's Gospel when the women go to the tomb And they don't see the body of Jesus, but there's an angel there that says, Oh, Jesus is not here. He is risen. Same word. In other words, I think this is Jesus' first resurrection story. That he raised up this woman from her fever. Freed her from that fever so that now she might go and do... What she did, and what she did is she went to serve the people. The word serve can mean cooking clean and all that kind of stuff, but the word serve is the word deacon. Maybe you have deacons in your church. The word serve is about giving of oneself to another. Jesus said later on in Mark, I have not come to be served, but to serve In other words, in this anonymous woman, we see an example of someone who has been freed from, and we talk about that a lot, but she's also been freed too. You know, I don't know about in your church, but I've heard it all growing up, and I heard it all the time, what Jesus has freed me from. Jesus has freed us from sin, from the slavery of sin. Jesus has freed us from ourselves and our own desires, He's freed us from, but would you ever think about what he's freed us to? He hasn't just freed us from, he's freed us to pursue being who God wants us to be. And what is it that God wants us to be? I think it's in the very first part of Jesus' ministry when he says, the time is right now, the kingdom of God is right here repent be open to the new and trust the good news i think we are free to trust the good news to trust that god loves all of us period and then he calls us to go and live that out scouts how can you live out this good news well Being trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. There's a good start. For all of us, how is God calling us? He's freed us from, but he's also freed us to. How might God be freeing you to pursue the good news and to embrace and to share God's good news? That God loves all of us, period. Period. There's our focus. Thanks be to God for never quitting on us. And thanks be to God for God's grace and love. Amen.